All right, good morning. Good morning. We wanted to jump jacks this morning? Wake you guys up today? I'm kidding, I'm kidding. All right, just a couple of announcements. Um, last night we had the Junior Reach Out Halloween party and Trunk or Treat, and I thought it was awesome. So thanks to everyone for coming out and doing that. I think the kids, the kids probably got enough candy to last till next Halloween. So it was pretty awesome. Though. The kids had fun. Uh, good job to Rachel and Bev. You guys did awesome. Um, so appreciate that. Uh, let's see, last Wednesday, Second Harvest, we packed, I think it was 250 boxes, wasn't it? Does that sound right? I think it's 275. 275. There we go. That even sounds better, Rachel. <laughs> 275. So the, the next one is the 16th, and the sign-up sheet's on the bulletin board back there. Um, and then this evening, we'll continue in Chapter 3 of I Am a Church Member. So looking forward to that. Any other announcements anybody can think of? All right, we'll have you all stand and we'll open up with a song.
got your Bibles, turn over to Acts chapter 17. We've been preaching through this book for several weeks now. Looking at the early church's first proclamations of Jesus and what they've been proclaiming. And what we've seen so far is that consistent message of our sin plus God's grace equals salvation through his name. So just a quick quiz. What were the last two weeks? The proclamations? What was proclaimed the last two weeks? Grace alone. Grace alone? Faith alone. Santana gets an A for the day. She's not trashy. (laughs) Just kidding. Did everybody else know that? Come on. So this this morning we'll we'll examine the the next one and basically it's Paul proclaiming that the unknown God had become known through Jesus. So we'll read some scripture here and we'll follow the Lord for a few minutes this morning, God willing. Start about the sixteenth verse. We'll be in the ESV this morning. Now while Paul was waiting for them at Athens, his spirit was provoked within him as he saw that the city was full of idols. So he reasoned in the synagogue with the Jews and the devout persons and in the marketplace every day with those who happened to be there. Some of the Epicurean and Stoic philosophers also conversed with him, and some said, what does this babbler wish to say? That's what you guys say about me. What's this babbler wish to say? Others said he seems to be a preacher of foreign divinities because he was preaching Jesus and the resurrection. And they took him and brought him to the, I can't say this word, Arapagus, saying, May we know what this new teaching is that you are presenting. For you bring some strange things to our ears. We wish to know, therefore, what these things mean. Now the Athenians and the foreigners who live there would spend their time in nothing except telling or hearing something new. So Paul, standing in the midst of the Arapagus, said, Men of Athens, I perceive that in every way you are very religious. For I have passed along and observed the objects of your worship. I found also an altar with this inscription to the unknown God. What therefore you worship as unknown, this I proclaim to you. And we'll stop right there for a few minutes. So again, this was, was Paul's second missionary journey. If you read up in the up higher in the 17th verse, it, it talks about him going through Thessalonica and Berea and going and sharing the gospel and growing the church on and on and on. Well, it seemed like no matter where Paul went, there was always this group of troublemaker Jews that followed him and caused havoc, right? That happens a lot. So right before we get to this, he actually is basically sent off because of that. And he goes to Athens. And he leaves behind him. Who was with him? Silas. And? Timothy. Come on, people, wake up. You guys still aren't used to that, but it's okay. So they actually stayed behind. So Paul goes to Athens. He's basically by himself. And what it says there is when he got there, you know, of course he had time to kill, so he's out what? Probably looking around. Probably like Andy and Lindsay were when you guys went there, right? He sees all these idols and all this crazy worship and gods and all that good stuff. And it says his spirit was provoked. What do you think that means? His spirit was provoked. I think the King James uses stirred. I think it made him like angry. I think so. So he had to do something about it. So he immediately goes on the defense and starts going to the synagogue in the public places. 
disputing and reasoning. Kind of an apologetics type thing. God is real. Jesus' resurrection. Publicly proclaiming those things. So as you can imagine, pretty quickly, he got some attention. Talks about a couple of different philosophy groups there. Epicureans and Stoics. Is that how you say that? Stoics. It's, it's like they were like, what the heck is this guy talking about? Foreign gods. You know, this new thing. So just some background about those, those couple of groups. I, I dove in a little bit. I didn't go too deep. But the Epicurean philosophy, the main purpose of life was to gain modest pleasure from a state of tranquility and to be relieved from any bodily pain. Well, I knew that. <clears throat> they did not deny the existence of God, of gods, but agreed that gods were not interested or involved with humanity. So then the flip side of that, the Stoic philosophy, they claimed that the main purpose of life was to ascend above all things. And this is interesting. They held a pantheistic view. Anybody know what that is? God is everything and everywhere. And everywhere and everything is God. So let's see. The cell phone's God. This box is God. This remote's God. Weird, isn't it? So as you can imagine, these two groups basically debated all the time. Can you imagine that situation? Kind of a agree to disagree kind of thing. <clears throat> I can just see it, I guess. But, you know, they were probably really smart. But they had opposing, you know, worldly views. And basically all they did was debate philosophy and religion. <clears throat> Wouldn't want to be in that group, I can tell you that. But they were both intrigued by Paul's babblings. Yes. Can you guys hear me okay? Yeah. Okay, perfect. Get a weird feeling up here sometimes that you can't hear. But they were in, intrigued by all this. They'd never heard this stuff before. So they brought him to, I can't say that word hardly, a pair Arab pegas. I practiced it 30 times, but that's okay. I still mess it up. But it was basically Mars Hill. It was the Hill of Ares, the Greek god of war. It was like the, the most sacred high court in, in the area for civil, criminal, religious matters. And it wasn't uncommon for them to be discussing these types of things. Philosophy and religion and law. And they're basically saying, tell us more. Tell us more of this new teaching. You, I, I kind of picture them saying, this is some really weird stuff. Go into a little more detail. Explain a little more. So can't you imagine Paul here by himself in front of all these leaders and smart people and everything else? Would you be intimidated? I would be. But he's not. He goes right in. He goes right in. Standing in the midst. Men of Athens, I perceive that in every way you are very religious. You think that was a compliment? What do you think? You think that was a compliment? They probably thought so. Don't you know people that are very religious? Very spiritual? But they don't know God? Do you guys know people like that? There's a lot of people out there that want to talk about religion. That want to talk about all the spiritual and, oh, kumbaya. 
but they don't know God. You know, the things that always crack me up is just reading different things. You know, people are always talking about, I'm praying for you. Rest in heaven. Please don't take those as I'm saying the bad things. But it's like, who are they praying to? If they don't know God, who are they praying to? Kind of what I picture here. That doesn't necessarily mean that you know God. I believe there's a higher power. Okay. Then you got the flip side of that, people that don't believe at all. It's just crazy to me. Very religious. I think the King James there uses superstitious. But they had they worshipped everything. All these Greek gods and they worshipped everything. Well, Paul, in all his searchings, came across the altar with the inscription to the unknown God. The unknown God. You see, they had some type of knowledge of some unknown God, but they didn't know who he was. They didn't know God. They they knew a higher power. And they worshipped it. But Paul's saying you're worshipping it ignorantly. Because you can know God. You can know Him. And you know, just going through this stuff, it just breaks my heart that people don't truly know God. And what's even worse is there's Christians that don't truly know God. They come to church every Sunday, they sit in the pews, they give their offerings. They might even have said, I was saved at one point. But they don't know the true God. Like, how can you say that, Pastor? Well, let me ask you. How's that relationship with God? Are you praying? Are you talking to Him? Are you getting in His Word? Are you? This, this is what I've been thinking through this whole time. If you truly know God, things should be a little different. Shouldn't they? Things should be a little different. And I really believe if we truly knew God as the church, things out there would be a little different. Because we would be taking Him out to the world. And we're not. Do you guys agree? Uh-huh. You guys are doing the headlines. But do people truly know God? First John chapter 2. A few verses here starting at verse 4. And this says it all. Whoever says, I know him, but does not keep his commandments is a liar. And the truth is not in him. But whoever keeps his word in him truly, the love of God is perfected. By this we may know that we are in him. Whoever says he abides in him ought to walk in the same way in which he walked. Again, there's people that are proclaiming Christianity. But their walk is way far from it. It shouldn't be that way. If you were born again, something should be different. We should be different. We shouldn't be like the world. We shouldn't be out doing everything the world's doing. Right? Are you guys awake? We shouldn't be out there doing what the world's doing. 
Do you truly believe in God? Do you truly have a relationship with Him? I think that's what Peter's get, or Paul's getting into here. Shouldn't be this way. Things should be a lot, of, a little different. I mean, you've heard me say, you've heard Tony say, you've heard John say. Since salvation, if your life is no different, something's wrong. Something's wrong. And you know what's funny is we have all the excuses in the world. Well, that old devil, he's strong. Or I just don't have time. Brothers and sisters, again, if this is all real, if we believe in God and believe that Jesus came and died for us, things should be different. Things should be different. Things should be a lot different. This sinful nature. So why don't we pray? Why does the Bible sit on the shelf all week? Why do we never get in? And we're, 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 all, we're all guilty of it. Every one of us. But it should be different. Let's get rid of the excuses and be who God wants us to be. And take His gospel out into the world. You know, I'm thinking of Paul here. And again, he's by himself. If I was in that situation, I would probably just be quiet. But that's not how it's supposed to be. We shouldn't be afraid. We shouldn't be afraid to share the gospel. We shouldn't be afraid to take it out to the world. At the end of this, you'll see. Some laughed at it, but some accepted it. Some accepted it. Some wanted to hear more. Why are we so afraid? What are we afraid of? Are you guys afraid? If God is your Savior, if Jesus is your Savior, I can't even talk. If Jesus is your Savior, there's nothing to be afraid of. Absolutely nothing. Just like up here singing. I love to sing, but I can't sing in front of people. Maybe with the group I can do that. I ain't going to sing today. I think we live in a spiritually confused world. You guys agree with that? And I really think at this time they were also spiritually confused. So what does Paul do here? Starting at the 24th verse there. He starts talking about truth and God. To tell them who God actually is. The God who made the world and everything in it, being Lord of heaven and earth, does not live in temples made by man. Nor is he served by human hands as though he needed anything, since he himself gives to all mankind life and breath and everything. And he made from one man every nation of mankind to live on all the face of the earth, having determined allotted periods and the boundaries of their dwelling place, that they should seek God and perhaps feel their way toward him and find him. Yet he is actually not far from each of us. He wants his people to seek him. God. He created everything. The Lord of heaven and earth doesn't live in temples. All these other gods that they had, they built temples for each other. God doesn't need our temples. 
In fact, he doesn't really need us. We need him. That's what he's telling them there. You need him. He doesn't need you to do all this stuff. But we should seek him. Do you believe that there is something inside of us built in that is seeking God or supposed to seek God? Do you believe that? I do. There's something built in. You know, the world wants to tell us science and school and they're brainwashing all the kids with this evolution nonsense. The Big Bang. The Big Bang. So here's the question. How can order come from nowhere? How can order come from no order? Do you believe there's like there's a order? Sun, moon, like everything happens. How did that come from the Big Bang? Or they want to tell us, well, you came from monkeys. No, that's not what happened. Not what happened at all. But there's something inside of us that seeks God. And you know what else? There's this nature out there that He created. His creation should want to seek Him as the Creator. I've, I've told you before. Sitting out on a lake here, fishing. I know you, some of you guys have been out there. It's like, this is beautiful. How is this created from a big bang? There's no other explanation but God. Big bang. But that's what Satan wants. He wants to deceive us. But again, there's this something inside of us that seeks God and says He's not far away. He's not far away. He's real. He's truth. Paul even uses some of these folks' stuff against them. There were some, some poets that had said some things, and that's what those... Oops, 28, I think it's 28 verse there. In Him we live and move and have our being. For we are indeed His offspring. Paul didn't quote Old Testament, Old Testament Scripture. Why? Because they didn't know it. So he used some of their poetry that was pointing to God. That's amazing to me. That's amazing. But He's real. He's true. He's powerful. And He wants us to seek Him. He sustains and provides. 29, being then God's offspring, we ought not to think that the divine being is like gold or silver or stone, an image formed by the art and imagination of man. The times of ignorance God overlooked, but now he commands all people everywhere to repent. Because he, he has fixed a day in which we will, he will judge the world in righteousness by a man whom he has appointed. And of this he has given assurance to all by raising him from the dead. So he's given all this information about God. He created everything. By Him, for Him. He's in control of everything. The last point here is probably the most important. Especially for all of us. There is coming a judgment. We don't know when. But it's coming. It's appointed. There's 
coming a judgment that we have to be prepared for. What's that mean? It says there to repent. By a man who has appointed and of this he has given assurance to all by raising him from the dead. You see, that same God is going to hold all of humanity accountable for sin. None of us are good. Not all. None of us are good. All of sin and come short of the glory of God. But the good news is that unknown God made himself known by sending his only begotten son to this world through a virgin birth. He lived 33 and a half years without sin for us. He was crucified, and on the third day he rose again. That's good news. That's good news. Through that, they made the unknown God known through Jesus. Do you know him? Do you know him? Because there's a time coming. Either your natural death or judgment is coming. Are you ready? That's why it's so important for us to take this into the world. Because they're religious, they're spiritual. They need to hear the truth about God. They need to hear the truth. That's what Paul was doing here. He was telling truth. He was telling truth. Jesus paid it all. He paid it in full. Like the song they were singing there, when I touched Jesus, those sins were gone. I can't explain it. But those sins were gone. And I'm a fit subject for the kingdom of God. Not because of Bob Mills, but because of what Jesus did. He's righteous. He's our Lord and Savior. He paid our debt in full. By grace through faith. So the question this morning, do you truly believe? Were you truly born again? Because you can think so. That's probably one of the most dangerous situations to be in. I think so. Mom and dad took me to church when I was a kid. But there's a time where it comes to you. Just you and God. Everyone else doesn't matter. There's a time where it comes to you and Him and your relationship. And again, that relationship shouldn't be, I just go to Him when there's a fire. Right? But we're guilty of that. Everything's hunky-dory. We don't talk to God. Well, you know what would happen if me and Amanda didn't talk? There'd probably be a separation. It's the same thing. It's about a relationship with Him. Getting His Word. Pray. Open your Bible. Tony said it so many times. Don't take what we say up here. I feel like I'm babbling. Get in it for yourself. If you're not in a Bible study, get in a Bible study. Come to Sunday school. It's important. I really think that Christians today are really lacking a lot of knowledge about God. In fact, I, feel, I don't feel like I'm adequate. Because I can't remember anything. Why aren't we getting in our Bible and diving in? Why? I don't have time. That's an excuse. You have time for everything else. All I'm saying is, if our relationship with, with Jesus is real, things should be a little different. 
Things should be a little different. And I'm not, I'm not up here beating anyone up because I'm just as guilty. But that's what he's put in my heart this week. If things are real, it should be different, folks. It should be different. Do you really believe? Do you really have a relationship with him? If not, today's a good day to do that. Today's a, there's no better time, no better place than right here to make it right with Him. Is He unknown to you? That can all change right now. You don't have to come up here. You don't have to do anything. You just have to believe. You just have to believe. And that can change everything. Why do we struggle with this? I know we're humans. We have this sinful nature. There's a man named Jesus. He's real. He died. He resurrected. It's real. Why do we live like it's not? I don't get it sometimes. And again, we're all guilty of it. We're all guilty of it. So the question again this morning, do you truly know God? Do you truly have a relationship with Him? With Jesus who came and died for you? If not, you're missing out. If you were saved and all those things I said are true, you can make it right. Because if you're not not talking to Him and reading and all that, it can't be a good relationship. Make it right. Make it right. Like I said, some, some laughed at him. Some said, Paul, we want to hear more. I'm back next one. But some said they believed and followed him. That's what it's about, following Jesus. As we stand and have one verse of a song, I'm going to give a, an offer to Paul this morning. If you're here this morning, and you need salvation. Don't leave here without. You don't have to come up here. We can go to a room. We can go downstairs. It doesn't matter. But don't leave here without knowing that you have a relationship with Him. Because there's a judgment coming. It's coming. We don't know when, but it's coming. All right, Brother Mike, go ahead.